Hello and welcome to Real World Radio Europe, a show bringing together what's going on in the 30 plus national member groups of Friends of the Earth Europe. With the European branch of the world's largest environmental and social justice network, Friends of the Earth International. I'm Joran. And I'm Paul. And today we've got a special guest episode from uh, Jürgen Svanner. How am I pronouncing this? Yeah, it's Jürgen Svenner. It's okay. Jürgen yeah. Svenner, Friends of the Earth Sweden. Um, and you're in put this episode together, what, is it last month already at the climbing camp that you did in August? Yes, it was the first weekend of August. We had this climate camp together with some other or, uh, environmental organizations in Gothenburg, the second largest city of Sweden. Oh, fantastic. And you've recovered now? Yes. It <laughs> was uh, hard work uh, uh, around the clock, but uh, we managed. It was a success, I, I would say. Great. Well, there's much more in this in the episode itself, so I think we'll get straight to it now. Uh, but thank you so much, Ewan, for doing this for us. We really appreciate it. You're welcome, and thank you for a great show. What do we want? Climate justice. What do we want? Climate justice. When do we want it? Now. When do we want it? Now. What do we want? Climate justice. What do we want? The first week of August, between 150 and 200 climate activists gathered in Gothenburg, the second largest city in Sweden. During Climate Camp Sweden 2017, different seminars and workshops were held to prepare a demonstration and a kayak action on the river to protest against the plans of a fossil gas terminal in the harbour of Gothenburg. My name is Jaran Faglund and I work as responsible for communications and fundraising at Jordens Vänner, or Friends of the Earth Sweden. In episode 7 of Real World Radio Europe, the listeners got an introduction to the fossil gas plants, or LNG, liquid natural gas, as it is often referred to. The camp was set up in a park in a working class area with mostly rental apartments. Incomes are relatively low and unemployment is high. Most of the activities took place in large tents. Meals were prepared in a nearby sports club and consisted mostly of food that was being saved before getting thrown in the trash at the supermarket due to short expiry date. All activists slept in tents or on the floor in the sports club. The camp was initiated by Fossil Free Sweden, Nature and Youth Sweden, Friends of the Earth Sweden and Fossilgas Fällan, which translates into the fossil gas trap. Let's listen to some of the voices from the camp. Andreas Söderblom, Taiwan of Two share persons of Friends of the Earth Sweden. Uh, the climate camp Sweden is coming to an end. Uh, what are, what is your uh, impression of the camp? 
Um, I think it's been very positive and very inspiring to meet lots of climate activists from different parts of Sweden and from different organizations and uh, also inspiring to see that we can work together and we've also had uh, international guests from um, Latvia, from Estonia, Denmark and other places as well. So that's been really very inspiring and uh, I feel energized. We have returned to the camp. We're inside a tent after a big demonstration. Uh, can you tell us about the demonstration? We were protesting against a planned terminal for natural gas or fossil gas, as we like to call it, in Gothenburg Harbor. Um, yeah, and we don't want this terminal to be built because we... we course we think it's wrong to invest in infrastructure for fossil fuels when we should be um, uh, we should be we should be making a transition into um, uh, renewable energies instead the company behind uh, the terminal says that they invest in fossil fuel now to be able to put biogas in the uh, terminal later on what do you think about that isn't this a part of a transition towards a more sustainable world actually it's not really true or it doesn't seem to be true because that's not what they have been writing in their applications and um, yeah we we don't really see that happening actually so tell me this was it's very windy today it was supposed to be and also um, an action today but we had to cancel (laughs) because it was too windy can you tell us about it yeah, there was a kayaking action uh, on the on the river below below the bridge where the demonstration that we we took part in, um, but I, I guess they didn't reach as far as they wanted to. But I think they had a banner and they they were able to put up the banner, so it was still a nice action, but a bit too windy to <laughs> to perform it the way it was supposed to. And. Tell us uh, a little bit about what we have been discussing these couple of days in the climate camps, some of the seminars. Have you attended any of them? Yeah, I attended a few workshops and I held a few workshops myself as well. Uh, like the main focus has, of course, been climate justice and also uh, yeah, the issue around fossil, fossil gas. Um, but we've also been discussing topics like ecofeminism and environmental psychology and things like that. Trade treaties. What is happening in Friends of the Earth Sweden apart from having this climate camp? Um, we're, all, we are, we're also organizing another gathering in October about small-scale farming and agroecology. Uh, so that's in, in, and it's uh, it's going to be in the countryside, in uh, western Sweden. Uh, so that's one of the main things coming up. And we also we all we always have some projects running. For example, we we have a cooperation with the organizations working for indigenous uh, rights in Latin America, in Ecuador, Colombia, and Brazil. So that's always going on. How is the work going there? What do we do? Uh, we we try to support organizations working on a local level who support indigenous communities uh, to be able to uh, defend their own rights and in turn then defend the rainforest that they live in. How many members do we have in Sweden? Uh, about two and a half thousand. 
Uh, and what's the situation otherwise in Sweden? Uh, are there any other uh, large NGOs working with environment? Yeah, there are several other organizations. So, uh, some of them bigger than us, some some of them smaller. Uh, we're we see ourselves as one of the more radical NGOs working with environmental issues. And this is a cooperation. This climate camp is why is it important to cooperate with others? Why didn't we run it ourselves? Um, it's for one it's good to to gather more people in one place to to be able to share experiences and inspire each other i think it's also good to uh, to share knowledge between organizations because sometimes we work with different methods and uh, we can learn from each other um. we have uh, chosen to be in a part of gothenburg uh, in part of the city uh, a bit outside the city center and maybe uh, lots of unemployed people living here is there a reason why we choose this place in particular it's always important for us to involve the people who are um, who live close by uh, by the projects that we're protesting against or that we're engaged with so this uh, this fossil terminal that we were protesting against is, is pretty close by this area that the camp is in and we also feel like it's important that we're visible to to uh, yeah ordinary people and they lots of people have been coming by the camp and asking what we're doing and um, participating in some of the activities so it's uh, yeah it's really good that we're visible Garcia, you're an artist living here in Gothenburg. Uh, you held a workshop yesterday about public space. Can you explain a little bit about how you work as an artist? Yes, uh, hello. And uh, yes, I'm working. I come from theater in the beginning, but I'm started. Uh, really in in the, in the early years of my practice uh, thinking about how it is this why we do in this way why theater why western world and so on then I came in in, in in many years work with the theater and the public spaces but always with a really really experimental way to work with more open more with the people more with the places and and relate relate really really close related to the social questions maybe I'm grow up in three different countries in South America under dictatorships all of them so yes right maybe this affect my practice 
in all of these terms. But uh, and and then under my years when I was studying in Chile, I remember uh, Augusto Boal from Brazil was a really really important reference for our work and our school in these these years. And I I don't think the he his idea about about and the colonial practice needs especially when when the system is so press oppressive as in dictatorship dictatorships so well eh, in this way Augusto Boal put me in a way to to problematize my practice eh, in this way the public space It's really important when the people don't have money to go to theater and when you need to think about which kind of people can really read your work, see your work, and so on. This kind of question was really, really important for me and I found it in, in Ball's techniques a lot of inspiration. And I used this in this workshop last, uh, yesterday, in mixing of different conceptualization as uh, invisible theater, no hierarchy, uh, spectator, it's like also a concept from Boal, and um, what is the invisibility? So it's a kind of, what is this invisibility? Uh, some people say, ah, maybe it's something that you that's there but you cannot see so it's really important I think how can the environmental movement use this kind of thinking or these techniques in the future uh, I think it's really important for me the the public space and, and related question to the social movements is really important more more important the demonstration, everyone returned to the camp and celebrated at a concert uh, with the socialist and feminist swing band Cats and Dinosaurs. The band were kind enough to let us use some of their music here in this podcast. Let's listen to their song Consensual Blues. Something sweet in my ear What you want us to do Let me hear Do you wanna churn my butter tonight I can churn yours till it's just about right Do you wanna 
taste my jelly roll Tell me how to satisfy your soul I've got magical tricks Fast and slow moving licks And I can twiddle your fiddle Make you harder than a griddle Make a As long as both 
It's the final day of the climate camp Sweden and Sane Rugane from uh, Latvia has uh, joined us. Um, what is your impression of the camp? It was really nice and uh, see how all the people work together and uh, engage in the action to support the local activists. It was really great. How, how's the situation in Latvia? How many members are you in? For now, we are having a project school of sustainability where we are engaging a group of young activists and they also are here with us, 10 of, 10 of the people who are studying activism in our project. Hmm. But uh, we are a very small organization, project-based organization in Latvia. Uh, about two, three people work and trying to make projects and work on topics like food and uh, some comments on, on climate and things like that. How are you received in your country, in Latvia? I think we have, we, we have been received very well and uh, people trust us and also when the local communities have some struggles or uh, want to have some comments or support they always uh, reach us and we have very good connection and some local activists within the country as well. So what do you bring back from this camp? I would say that would be the practical view of how the demonstrations has been run because it's not the practice we usually do in our country. People are not so much uh, uh, inspired by the thought they could go on the street and pick it. We use usually other uh, ways of communication with the society or or kind of a working with the struggles. We usually work with lobbying or making campaigns, long-term campaigns, where people can really get into the depth of the topic and understand it. And um, So it was uh, interesting to be really in a demonstration, and not only for me, but also for my team, for the people who were here with me. It was interesting, yeah. You had a rather funny... Uh, sign in the in the demonstration. It even got quoted in the local newspaper. What did you What did you write? Oh yeah, well that was a little bit joke of us, a little bit like ser seriousity that uh, if Latvians are here, then it's really serious, because as I said, Latvians are not on uh, going in the streets and making demonstrations and things like that. But, and we realized after that uh, that we're going to use it uh, in our campaigns as well because we are now preparing maybe for the first street action in our country about the tree uh, law cut uh, tree cutting law which is prepared by government and uh, people are very angry and it might be that finally we will be on the streets as well <laughs> and maybe we're going to use this uh, banner there as well because we do have a lot of jokes about that in Latvia that people are they don't want to go on the streets yeah Sweden 2017 is over, but the struggle continues. I'm here with Annika from Hamburg in Germany. You're going to bicycle all the way to Ende Gelände. Yes. <laughs> what is your impression of the climate camp in Sweden? It was a really nice camp. Um, I really liked the area. I think so from the beginning on, um, we knew who the organizers were. We knew how to, who to turn to if we have questions. Um, 
the group was not super big um, and this gave us the opportunity to really get to know everybody and I really liked it um, and it was a very welcoming place and yeah it, they managed to create a feeling of um, community Tell me a bit about uh, Ende Gelände what will happen and what will you do? <laughs> I have not decided what I will do actually, um, but it is going to be a big civil dif civil disobedience action, and um, thousands of people will go into coal mines, lignite mines in Western Germany in the Rhineland, um, to stop the buggers from working and to shut down the plants. And um, so there will be a climate camp too. Actually, it consists of several organizations that are gathering gathering together so there's the Degulov summer school a climate camp and I think um, also another camp from a German environmental youth organization and at the end of this big like camp stuff um, there's going to be the action and um, so you can either go into the mines and really like stop the buggers or you stay in the camps to support the people in the mines with food and um, with logistics, um, media, so both parts are important. The people actually doing the thing, but also the people in the background. What do you bring from this camp to climb to the Ende Gelände? Um, I think for me the most important part was to get motivation for the ride. So really like feeling like okay, I want to do this, and we're going to get there by bike, which is quite a challenge for me. I've never done such a long ride before. Um, and yeah, seeing how the people here have put so much energy into organizing this camp and creating an environment where people could learn and could also feel that they're not alone with their um, struggle. And yeah, so I think it's this feeling of empowerment, the most important thing I took. Yeah. Do you have any activities planned along the route down to Endigelende? Yes, um, in Malmö we are... Actually, I don't know, because it's not me that planned it, but in, in Malmö there will be a bigger action where we are collaborating with some local groups and I think it's going to be a small demonstration and um, a nice evening where we can connect to initiatives there. Thanks for listening, and to keep up to date with the campaigns from around our network, including those from Friends of the Earth Sweden... Follow Friends of the Earth Europe on Facebook and Twitter and visit our website at foeeurope.org. Get involved with the Friends of the Earth group near you by going to foeeurope.org slash network. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, SoundClouds or wherever you download podcasts. And follow radio stories from around the Friends of the Earth International Network at radiomundoreal.fm. See you next time. Bye. This was Friends of the Earth Europe and Rio Radio.